Welcome to the Mountain Brook Baptist Church podcast. We pray that this message will help you in your walk with Christ. Our current sermon series is The Church Your New Pastor Deserves. The title of Dr. Dorch's sermon today is more by its prayerfulness than its performance. The big idea is spending time with God keeps us aligned with His kingdom's purposes. As we consider the future that God has for this church, a future for which we all yearn, that future will be one marked by a congregation that is defined more by its prayerfulness than its performance. And we hear Jesus emphasizing this point to his disciples from this reading before us today from Luke's Gospel, the 11th chapter, beginning with the first verse, where the text tells us that one day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. May God add his blessings to this, the reading of his word. I think it was Shakespeare who said that all of life is a stage and all men and women merely players they make their exits and their entrances, and one man in his time plays many roles. Now, that line from Shakespeare has been on my mind in recent days as I consider the roles that God has allowed me to play over the course of my life, faith, and ministry, and as I ponder the possibilities of what roles that God will have for me to play once my role here as senior minister of Mountain Brook Baptist Church is no more. And this morning, I, I invite you to consider that line of reasoning with me with respect to your own life as individuals and certainly when we think about our life together as a church, what is it that God has in store for us in the days ahead? And how might we best manage that future with a deep and profound sense of anticipation and joy? Does it surprise you that Jesus himself in his own life, in his own faith journey, posed those same sorts of questions? Over the last several Sundays, we've been looking at this section from Luke's gospel where Jesus, mindful that God has for him a supreme role to play, the cross where Jesus will be giving his life for the salvation of the world. And as Jesus ponders the possibilities 
as well as the demands, the responsibilities that are before him. What does Jesus do? How does Jesus manage those questions in his own life? He prays. He prays. And Luke in this 11th chapter sets the stage so simply and yet so marvelously as Jesus is praying in a certain place which shows us how for Jesus prayer was an ongoing part of his faith journey. As Jesus was praying in a certain place, his disciples were watching. And no doubt as they saw Jesus pouring out his heart before God, they yearned to know the depth of devotion that Jesus himself possessed. And when he had finished praying, Luke tells us that the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray in the same manner in which John the Baptist taught his disciples to pray. You see in the first century, particularly among the Jews, it was very common for a rabbi, for a teacher, for a leader of a school of disciples to provide his followers with a simple prayer that they might follow. And so when the disciples asked Jesus for such a prayer, just a simple prayer that might move us forward in terms of our own devotion, Jesus answered, when you pray, not if you pray. If you choose to pray, if you find time to pray, no ifs. When you pray, pray in this fashion from which Jesus proceeds to offer them a simple prayer that, that we know as the model prayer or some students of the New Testament would refer even to this prayer as the Lord's Prayer. But one thing you notice, surely, as I read the text, that's a different prayer from what we pray Every Sunday when we pray the Lord's Prayer, of course, we're praying the Lord's Prayer from Matthew's Gospel. But did you notice that Luke's rendition of the prayer that Jesus gave his disciples is different? It's shorter. It's simpler. It's more condensed. It's led many, many students of the New Testament to ask the question, so which is the earliest version of the Lord's Prayer? That's the wrong question. <laughs> that question carries with it no value whatsoever. In fact, when you look at both prayers, the takeaway from both of them is not about how we are to pray as much as the importance of prayer and making prayer a part of our regular practice of discipleship for in prayer we do as Jesus did. We make sure 
that our hearts and our minds are in line with the heart and the mind of God, we make sure that we have put ourselves in a place where all that we are about reflects God's purposes in this world and we are saying in our prayers that we are opening ourselves to be transformed in whatever ways are necessary in order that God's kingdom purposes might come to pass in us and through us. And so in this passage of scripture, Jesus is giving his disciples an invitation to do just that, to open themselves to the power of God's presence in such a way that God might form and shape them and fashion them in a way that would enable them in turn to go out and transform their world. Now among all the gospel writers, among all the writers of the New Testament, Luke probably understood the primacy of prayer, the priority of prayer more than anyone else because of how Luke is very careful to connect the practice of prayer with the power that comes to us to fulfill the mission that God has given us to be about. You look in the book of Acts, which is the second volume of Luke's rendition of the Jesus story. And you see this marvelous band of ordinary everyday people who are changed in the depths of their being through the practice of their prayers. And they go out to make a difference in their world in such a way that people say of those first believers, look, those who are turning the world upside down, have ventured into our community. Such was the commentary of the leaders, the town fathers of the city of Thessalonica. But in the fourth chapter, we see, we see the connection in the book of Acts, the fourth chapter between prayer and God's power. It's in the fourth chapter that Peter and John have been released from prison. They've been instructed by the religious authorities not to speak in this man's name any longer the name of Jesus because they've been creating quite the stir among the people. And of course, Peter and John return to where the rest of the church have been gathering and, and they've been praying and, and when Peter and John walk through the doors. There's just this glad excitement over how God has answered their prayers. And Luke tells us that the celebration was so magnificent. The Spirit of God was so pronounced in that place that as they were praying, the room in which they gathered was shaken. And they prepared then to go from that place 
to move out into the world to speak the word of God boldly. Understand, understand the order between prayer and performance. Those first believers prayed, then they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and only then did they venture out from the place where they had gathered to speak the word of God boldly. They prayed and then they performed. They did not focus on activity. They did not focus on obligation. They did not focus first on responsibility. They did not get the cart ahead of the horse. They prayed and then they lived into the power that their prayer connected them with. Wouldn't you love to be a part of a church that shook the world? Wouldn't you love to be a part of a community of faith where people were so committed to prayer that they recognized the possibilities of how God might work in them and through them in a radical fashion to revolutionize their community? Or, or do you want to be content just to be a part of a church that shows up on Sunday morning, good crowd, good music, interesting sermon, then everyone leaves to go back to business as usual. What joy or excitement does anyone find in anything like that? No, from what Jesus is telling his disciples and what Luke passes on to the church, if we really want to be a congregation that makes a difference, that has an impact. We must never go out onto the stage that God has given us until first we have committed our way to prayer. We must always be a people who walk in step with Jesus, who in his own faith journey did not pray on special occasions or just before he had a meal with his disciples, but who prayed continuously and whose own sense of divine destiny was formed and shaped and fashioned through the manner in which he prayed. We must never be a people who get bogged down on the details of prayer. And how many times have I seen Christians say, well, I don't know how to pray. No, that's not what this text before us is about. Do not get bogged down on the details, but simply pray 
as the Holy Spirit moves you. The presence of the risen Jesus in you. And as you allow the Spirit of Jesus to give voice through your voice, prepare yourself. Something transformational will happen and God will form you for a role that God has you to play that will enable you to have the most remarkable kingdom impact for the cause of Jesus Christ. There is no question that that Mountain Brook Baptist Church has been given a most prominent stage here at the corner of Montevallo and Overbrook in a most prominent community. And if we want to see our church move forward, as God desires to see this church move forward, it begins with the recognition that each of us who are part of this fellowship has a role. God has something for each of us to do. And in order to accomplish it and move the church forward, we can only move the church forward as fast as we do so on our knees in prayer. Not relying simply on our resources, but relying instead on the power that God has promised to those who seek his face to be aligned with his will, who then leverage those resources to his glory and to the world's good. And when we do that, and when we do it together, God will answer that prayer. And the darkness that surrounds us will be transformed, illumined, bathed in the light and the life of Jesus. Let's bow for prayer. Father, we thank you for the privilege that is ours to come before you in prayer. Help us never to take that for granted, but to recognize that it is the one true source to how we might be able to be the people that you've called us to be. We need your guidance because the future is uncertain for so many of us. And yet we believe to the core of our being that you've called us to give of ourselves, bringing your kingdom purposes to pass. So lead us like a shepherd and guide us into the paths of righteousness for your name's sake and for our good. And we pray this together in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We pray that today's message brought you hope as we continue to love God and live with grace and generosity. 
Be sure to check back here for more podcasts. And as always, go out and do the Lord's good work. Thank you.